Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Now, let's go to Arkansas's premier basketball recruiting analyst, Kevin Hoop Scoop McPherson, for all the latest news for anything and everything basketball. Made possible by Fence Brokers. Fence Brokers, going the extra mile. Kevin, I've not seen anything regarding this possibility, but I'll go ahead and ask you. You may know the answer definitively. Uh, this from Savage by way of our Asher Record Service Company live in feedback is the red-white game on ESPN Plus for the basketball game. Uh, the answer you guys is no. no live stream or television. Yeah, it's no. No. I didn't think so. I've not seen anything in that regards. No. When will they draft the teams? Kevin, do you know that? Well, I'm <laughs> – I thought they might announce something today. Uh, that I, I, I think they probably already have, or they're, maybe they're still trying to figure out one or two guys that may or may not go. Uh, that's just my thought on it since we haven't heard or seen anything. Uh, you know, based on what he said about Trevor in Brazil uh, in post-practice last Thursday, not even a week ago, he said he was two and a half weeks away from rejoining the, you know, that live full contact scrimmaging so i've got to think if that's the true timeline then we probably aren't going to see him <laughs> uh, you know it just kind of makes sense that we wouldn't uh, he might they might put him on a team uh, because he's part of the team and announcing this on the red or the white but i mean based on what Nelson said i wouldn't think he'd be participating um and you know makai mitchell's also has, has been limited so we'll see where, where that goes with him in terms of does he play um you know Leighton Blocker was out the day we were there for a wisdom tooth extraction. That was Thursday. You, you know, you think chances are pretty good that he, he'd be ready to go. But as far as drawing up the teams and dividing them and putting something out, we, we haven't seen anything yet. Randy, I can tell you Arkansas is going to have at least one unofficial visitor, Aiden Chronister, class of 2026, 6'7 wing in, at Rogers High School that recently picked up an Arkansas offer just a few weeks ago. Uh, he's rated in the top 30, national number 29, uh, according to 247 Sports for the class of 2026. Um, but he will he will be on uh, an unofficial visit to watch the red-white game. He'll be in attendance at Barnhill. I think Arkansas is planning on getting a few more in. We don't have the green light to put anything out more out on that right now, but I can tell you that Aiden Chronister is supposed to be there Tomorrow night, games at 6.30. Again, no TV, no live stream, 6.30 Central Time at Barnhill Arena. Normally, these are played in mid-October, and they're usually on the weekend. They've been on Sundays the last few years. Uh, so this is a little different. It's, it's, a, you know, it's a midweek game, and it's, and it's early October. And Musman said, you know, with this team, they kind of wanted to stretch out the exhibition season throughout the month, get, get a game get this red-white game played sooner, give them something to look forward to aside from the practice. Um, and they feel like this group, because of the veterans, uh, you know, there's so many veterans, so many years of division experience, that they're further along than where they've been. So maybe they feel good about, uh, you know, what they've been able to install in this point and, and go ahead and, and release them a little bit into the wild, into the public eye. Because uh, this will be the first gl- glimpses for fans who are able to attend of this team. And we know... The way it is now, even with five returnees, that's a big number for most of them. There's still nine newcomers, so it's a it's another new team, it seems like, every year. 
I guess the other aspect of that is you can speculate, but how's he going to divide them up once they get to that point? Um, because I think the competition may be as best as it's been maybe since Musselman has been there, and that is you've got quality, what seems to be, at every position. So it's going to be interesting. Kevin, how, how would you want to break them up? Yeah, well, that's a great question. I don't, you know, probably as good as Trayman Mark, Tremont Mark, and Devo Davis are probably going to be together. I'd get those guys apart. Uh, you know, they're both to me elite defenders. Put them on separate teams. Um, you know, Pinion and Davenport were lighting it up from three, uh, going back and forth, playing for the red and white in that in that. But where they kept score during the scrimmaging the other day in front of the media, I'd have mm-hmm. those guys on separate teams. Uh, probably uh, Battle and, and L. Ellis maybe split those guys up. Uh, Blocker and Keon Minifield Jr., remember, he's going to redshirt this this season, but that doesn't mean he can, he'll can. he play in the red-white game. If he's healthy, he's going to play. Put those guys on opposite teams, two young guards. Um, you know, and then on the front line, I still want to see who's available. I mean, you might have Denaje Harris and Chandler Lawson on separate teams. They're kind of similar positionally, three, four guys. Uh, and then, of course, Jalen Graham, um, and, and who knows who else might be available. They fall, uh, has been healthy in practice, and maybe you have those guys on separate teams. Again, not knowing what's going to, you know, it seems likely to me Trevor in Brazil is not going to play based on Musselman's timeline for him to even return to, but, you know, the live scrimmaging. Uh, and then so similar with Mackay, because he's been limited to those guys even play. Uh, but I kind of ran through some of it right there. I think, you know, splitting it up that way might be, a way I would do it, uh, Musselman's obviously going to do it how he sees it works best. And in the past, they've had guys uh, kind of alternate throughout the game and switch and change, and uh, that happens sometimes. You know, in years past, it's been a little bit of a track meet, the red-white game, more fun. But when, since Musselman's been here, they really try to get into their some of the offensive uh, schemes they've impl- implemented uh, defensively as well. Uh, and so – even though it, you know, it's not going to be a, a fine-tuned, uh, smooth-running uh, machine just yet. I do think they're going to try to run their stuff and not just go out there and roll the basketball out and have make it just a, you know, a pickup game. I think it's going to be. I think they're going to, like I said, try to execute some on offense and defense. I never thought of Eric Musselman as been the type of coach that could sit back in his chair and watch playground-type basketball in what is supposed to be an organized structure where uh, shoot, holler, and follow, and all that other stuff. I mean, it's just uh, – I just don't see Coach Musselman in that in that particular aspect. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to want them to just throw the ball out and, and let them play. Let's uh, try to squeeze in Doug real quick. Doug, good afternoon. Welcome to Drive Time Sports. Hey, man, I uh, didn't really realize you were talking to the basketball guy. Maybe I should call back. That's okay. What's your question or comment? Well, I've been uh, for about 10 years, I've been project managing great big jobs in the construction industry. And uh, to keep in context, you know, you give a guy – Who's in charge? A couple. I didn't do that. Unintentional. I didn't do that. Hang on, Kevin. 
All right, Rick Schaefer. I'm Randy Rainwater, joined by Kevin McPherson. They're known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Thanks to our good friends, Chris Walker and gang at Fence Brokers. Now, let's go to Arkansas's premier basketball recruiting analyst, Kevin Hoopscoop McPherson, for all the latest news for anything and everything basketball. Made possible by Fence Brokers. Fence Brokers, going the extra mile. Kevin, I don't know if you know the answer to this particular question or not, but I'll go ahead and, and uh, ask it of you. Uh, this from our Asher Record Service company, Life In Feedback. Joshua says, can Musselman coach football? We need his energy and coaching style in football to motivate the players. Yeah. Well, I know Musselman likes to cross-train when it comes to, you know, he, he's all over the place in terms of, you know, he goes to visit with baseball coaches and, and NFL coaches. And, um, you know, so he's always got his radar up to learn different things and different methods and, you know, ways of doing things because in sports, even though it may be a different sport, uh, a lot of the stuff's, you know, philosophical. And, um, you know, so I think he's a guy that could probably apply himself in any sport and have some success. I don't know if he could do it at the, at, at the high major level of the SEC in football. Uh, you know, I know that's a, a joke. And, guys, I want to weigh in on one thing on that fourth down play, if it's okay. <laughs> you know, I, I want to sure. put in my two cents on this one. Am I okay with that? Yeah, fire away. Okay. Well, first of all, I was very puzzled when Arkansas accepted a penalty and then got back in punt formation after downing a punt inside the 20-yard line of the opponent. I was blown away. I was thinking, well, what, what's going on here? Obviously, that didn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, then they burned the timeout, and I thought, well, that's not probably good either. Um but when you come back, I, I, coming out of that timeout, my first thought was because A&M's defense was so aggressive, they were dominating the line of scrimmage, and they had already had several tackles for loss or no yard, no gain. And I thought the best play for Arkansas to do was to get KJ rolling with a quick play action pass, with a quick hitting play just to get a yard. As much as at his size and his mobility and agility, they're just not good at the quarterback sneak either. They've failed at it. They've had some they picked up, but they barely got. And you're thinking, and most of the time, teams with a quarterback like that, with his size and agility and mobility, can get that yardage, that short yardage, or six inches, eight inches. But they haven't been good at it. They play, play out of the shotgun. They're not good at getting under center. He's not good at getting a push. They're not good when they got somebody behind him pushing him. And I certainly didn't like the handoff in the backfield. That was probably the worst decision. But I wasn't all about the quarterback sneak. I thought they needed something quick. A&M's loaded up to stop the run or quarterback sneak and just get something quick. Nothing fancy. You don't want to spend a lot of time on the delay, on the fake, on the play action because they're so aggressive. You want that to be quick and get K.J. rolling so he can either pick it up with his legs or hit somebody quick for the first down. It took a lot of breath for me to say all that. Hmm. Uh, but well. that's, what I, that's where I was with it. And that wasn't an after-the-fact thought. I was saying – if they try to sneak a run here, I don't think they're going to get it. They need to go to this play, or they should have stuck with the punt. So, well, with all due respect, call. Kevin, yeah, that's they use an excellent, excellent explanation. But this year, twenty twenty three, we don't know how they'd be on the quarterback sneak because we haven't seen it. You're talking about past years; we haven't seen it this year. They haven't tried it. They haven't done it once this year. 
And so that's the shortest way to make six inches. But I totally agree with you. If you're going to line up in the shotgun, then throw the ball. Because yeah. when you talk about all the gaps being filled, they are. So that's where, of course, Luke Haas was out of the game. Haas was out of the game. He you was out of the game. Because he's, he would be the key guy there if you could sneak yeah. him out. But somebody you can sneak out of there um, and, and throw the ball. You're right, a short pass, or you might throw the deep pass. But, if you can hit it, it's a touchdown. Just, right, burn him. Right. So I do agree with that. But I but but they have not tried a quarterback sneak this year. They they need to try it at least once. Well, let's 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 kind of set this in proper context. Okay. Has Arkansas in 2023 gone under center? Yes. Just uh, one time. Yes, they did. Western uh, Carolina, the only time I can think of. BYU, when BYU punted Arkansas down to the four-yard line, K.J. took the snap from under center, and he also took a snap from under center later on that same possession. So, yes, in that game they did. Not a lot, but they did. Yes. So maybe three times, Max, and, this and remember, season? And remember when he did, his right foot was ahead of the left foot. The, the left foot was not – it wasn't an even deal – the right foot, it, it, it almost looked awkward the way he took it, but he did take it under center, yes. Hmm. Okay. I'm, I, the one I remember, the only time I remembered, as I mentioned, was Western Carolina, and that was the fumbled snap that they were fortunate to recover. And uh, they still. Yeah, I'd say 99% of the time when you've got a quarterback like KJ, that, that, you, that makes sense. But for whatever reason, maybe, you know. Rick saying they haven't done it this year, but I, I I remember over the past two seasons anyway. Last year they fumbled a snap. Wasn't once, very yeah. effective. Well, they tried the tight end sneak once last year. That didn't turn out too good. <laughs> and they tried a lot of things last year inside the red zone that didn't even come close to working. Um, I guess the infamous reverse. Even they didn't have any penalties, but they had a lot of high and low snaps and off time looking things and. That delay down when they ran three times in a row once they get first and goal and, and kicked, I, I think it was the second field goal maybe, or maybe it was the first, but that, that delayed handoff. I mean, hmm. A&M's yeah. just too good up yeah. front. To, yeah. to, you're not going to fool them. I, it just wasn't going to happen. I thought that was a dance card, what they were doing. Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> they were both dancing around. K.J. was in front of Sanders, and Sanders – he couldn't decide if he wanted to go right, but then he faked towards the right, then came back left, and he ran right into the arms of the uh, of the defensive end, I believe, for Texas A and M. Yeah, that was the uh, that was the second field goal because that one was twenty five yards, and the first field goal was fifty two yards, and the final field goal was fifty yards. So, yeah. Uh, no, no, no sacks for Arkansas's defense. And when they did get pressure, I thought the other quarterback did a good job of getting rid of the ball and, and not, you know, I mean, they did have three turnovers, but he, you know, he, his game management was pretty good, but he did have a pick six to start the third quarter. He did fumble the ball. Um, so he made his share of mistakes. You know, I thought Arkansas's defense, even when you look at the scoreboard, some of that wasn't on the defense, obviously, uh, the punt return and the other pick six, but. You know, uh, I think the defense was relatively decent. Yeah, in the second half, for most definitely of the was. 
yeah. in the second half. Well, even in the first half, Randy, they only allowed one touchdown. A&M could have had two field goals. They missed one. Yeah. So that's, yeah. But they were just going up and down the field, though, in the first they, half. They were. They were. But so there, was there was a the stretch where Arkansas finally forced a punt. They hadn't done that yeah. since early in the second quarter against LSU. That's correct. Um, so, you know, that was, that, was, that was good to see. Well, Kevin, I, I don't know if you caught the tail end, uh, the final 38 seconds, if you will, of the LSU Ole Miss game. Uh, they used the Philadelphia Eagle strategy where, mm-hmm. and if you looked at a still frame right before the ball is snapped, LSU from basically uh, tackle to tackle, they had all 11 men stacked inside that box. They were determined they were going to stop them. They didn't, they obviously. Didn't. Right. And what they did Amazing. is – they yeah, they put Dart underneath center. He took the snap directly from the center, and then he had two jumbo graders in behind him pushing. They easily pushed him through the end zone or into the end zone. So, I I I don't buy this bare front and all the gaps are blocked up and yada yada yada. I I don't buy that. That's just. That's somebody being hard-headed and thinking that their way is going to work when their way is not working. All right, let's – well, we don't have time. I was going to try to squeeze it. Well, I was going to try to squeeze I it. Think if, got, if I think if they made it a priority, they could be effective with KJ. I, I, I don't leave that all on KJ. I think it's just they're not good. They, they just don't work on it enough, don't believe that's the right thing to do. They've had past failures. I think they should work harder at it because I think he's a guy – that could be a weapon in short yardage instead of... Hey, pretty good out. basketball discussion with Kevin today, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kevin, we'll talk at you later on this week. That is Kevin McPherson. They're known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Fence Brokers.